Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I am your host, Josh, and with me is my co-host here. Hello, everyone. And we got a good show today, people. I'm going to be discussing Scream, Scream 5. Uh, sequel, 10 years uh, later, uh, to this famous Scream franchise. So we're going to be discussing that. Uh, also discussing uh, Episode 3 of The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, did it get any better? Did it, did it get worse? We're going to be discussing that. Um, as well as also discussing... Um, Peacemaker, uh, which is the series starring John Cena based off his character they played in the Suicide Squad movie. So it's a spinoff of it, a show that's on HBO Max. So the first three episodes dropped, which I thought was pretty cool that they dropped three episodes right off the gate. Mm. I thought that was pretty good. Um, that that was nice to, to really chew into yeah. three episodes. I thought that was pretty good. It's a good taste and a good leave off point. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's only an eight episode series. So... Yeah, so that, that was pretty good of them. Yeah, Disney Plus, take some notes. Maybe yeah. we do three episodes. You know, Honestly, right? yeah. From what I've seen from Disney Plus, they could use some notes. I'm, I'm not saying whether or not I like the show or not yet because we haven't gotten into it. But at least in that comparison, if this is eight episodes, they uh, they don't miss a beat. Mm. They, uh, they cut that lean. They cut it lean. Uh, yep, for sure. Hold on. Let me just make sure my thing is plugged in here. My computer. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dang, oh, dang it. Make sure this thing is plugged in right. Huh. Technical difficulties, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think it should be good now. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, we're going to be discussing that series. Yeah, discuss what we liked about it. Everything like that. Um, yeah. How you been there, Dusk? I'm all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, saw Scream today. Um. Yeah, and there was some issues a little bit with the, with the with the showtime. As I told you before, it was like a somebody brought a baby into scream and everything like that, which was kind of weird. So I was just kind of like, yeah, was, that was yeah, that was something definitely weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was yeah. So and then somebody complained, and then they they complained up front to the to the I guess the manager or something, and then got the baby got the baby removed and everything like that. Um, yeah. And they were like, Yeah, just like, you know, they they came up and told a woman it's like, Yeah, you can't you can't have a baby here and everything like that and uh stuff. So yeah. Um, you know, I guess I don't know. I mean how do I feel about babies at screenings really? Um mm. or like movies I, I don't know. I mean it's kind of crazy you would bring a baby to an R-rated movie, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, with all this stuff kind of going on in it. Right. Uh, so that is a little wild. Uh, depending on, how, you know, how distracting it is, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, if you're there to see a movie, you're there to see a movie. So you don't want to be too distracted from seeing it. I don't know. What, what's your kind of position on that? Mm. Uh, I look at it as a term of how much does it interrupt everyone else's enjoyment of the movie if the and also how young is the kid if the kid's an infant that kind of goes in the gray area well they're not going to remember anything they're really not going to remember any of it then i have no context but still it's more just at that point it's more of a level of like is the baby crying is it doing this uh is it too loud for the child even to be there in that kind of a theater environment where they can really handle that and honestly, if you really wanted to see it, you could wait a couple of days and check it out in streaming. It's going to show up in streaming eventually. Yeah. Um. I mean, this. I mean, the baby. I mean, it was an infant. It was. Yeah. It was. An infant. Oh yeah. It was an infant. Uh. You know. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was making some noise, um, yeah. you know, so I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah so baby I, can't help it. Yeah. I mean, baby. it's not the baby's, it's not the baby's fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, it's you know, moving. The baby didn't seem like it was scared or anything. It just seemed like it was just right. like, doing, you know, making baby noises. You know what I mean? Doing exactly. That, doing that they stuff. Do. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, um, so they left like, it was like kind of halfway. Mm. It was like halfway of the movie, kind of like they left. It was like, yeah, majority of it was kind of already done. Hey, thank you, nah. uh, Devils That Game for the Lurk, man. Much appreciated. Thanks for showing up. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so they kind of left. It was kind of like already halfway kind of through when the movie was done. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but so let's get into it. Um, Scream 5. So Scream 5 is the sequel to uh, the latest sequel in the Scream franchise, as we said. Uh, the franchise that was started by Wes Craven all the way back in 1996. Um, and, you know, it has some of the legacy characters returning, David Arquette and Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox. Um, you know, the Scream universe, the Scream franchise, what it did. Um, which we talked a lot about of uh, because we did a whole kind of retrospective of the Scream franchise last week. The video's up on YouTube now. You can go, people can go check it out. Uh, discussing the Scream movies, we primarily discussed Scream 1 and Scream 4. Scream 4 was the, the latest one before this newest one that came out 10 years ago. It's crazy to think that movie came out like 10 years ago. It's like, wow, that was that long ago. Um, but um, we discussed that one and we also discussed the first one and then a little bit of 2 and 3. Um, as far as the Scream franchise goes, I think, you know, the first one is, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's the original, right? It, it's it's what everything was based off of, what these sequels have done. It's based off the original one. And, you know, with two, um, it was decent. Um, I think three is the worst one of, of the Scream movies myself. Um, and I think Scream 4 was pretty good. Um, and then, you know, we're going to get into how we feel about this one and where this one ranks up. Um, a lot of people, you know, varying different opinions. A lot of people really seem to like they really love it. Um, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, it was, it was maybe okay. Um, how did you kind of feel about the Scream franchise there, Dusk? Well, the first Scream was made, was a script made, and Wes Craven initially didn't even want any part of it. He declined it actually several times until finally, um, I forget what the actual instance but he eventually relented and took a look at it and decided to do it and it was it's one of his best movies outside of the nightmare nightmare on elm street franchise and honestly which forever is always a, more of an i know he's appreciated long, more after his death but honestly just like george romano he i don't think it was appreciated in his time as much he as he is now or should have been at the time and how the hollywood system kind of a messed with him but scream I don't think people remember how big Scream was or how big it was to the early 2000s. Every box art looked like Scream. Like those characters just standing right in front of the right front as the poster. That was taken from Scream. Mm. And everyone did copycat movies after that. It was one, also one of the first real horror movies that, or just movies in general, that took the whole meta aspect and really went with it. Mm-hmm. beforehand they really didn't kind of do that now we just see it everywhere mm-hmm. now it's happening all the time to the point where i'm getting sick of it where i almost want the reverse now to happen can we just go back to a movie being a movie mm. um yeah i mean scream was big on that scream was big on being a, a, a movie that was you know very meta as they say 
um, very much self-referential when it came to the horror movies and horror discussions um, that was going around at the time um, and Scream. Mm-hmm. And, and it pointed out a lot of what people, you know, kind of got tired of with horror movies and a lot of slashers at that time when Freddy, you know, Friday the 13th and Halloween, um, you know, the, the different rules of the horror movies, mm-hmm. right? Things like there's always the virgin, there's always the stoner, uh, there is always, you know, I mean, couple having sex and they yeah. get killed, you know, anytime somebody says, exactly. I'll, I'll be right back, and then they don't come right back, you know what I mean? Um, so there's, they point out all those kind of different things, and it was kind of new at that time, it was very fresh and kind of very new. Um, mm. And with the other screen movies, you know, what the other, the other ones did was try to do, you know, that whole kind of experience over again. And with this new one here, where you have a new crop of characters here, um, is, is trying to update it more to, you know, modern times um, and addresses itself just like how the other ones addressed itself. Um, mm. You know, with this being, as they say in the movie, you know, the screen five, what they call it a requel as they call it, uh, which is, you know, it's like, well, it's not really a sequel, but it's not really a reboot. It's kind of like this mismatch of other things. It's like, you know, you can't really, you know, just completely start over and do a complete remake because people will hate that. But, you know, right. people don't want a straight direct sequel, which I've never heard the word term requel before. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard that term it, before. So I think that's taken from another term, I guess, try to separate it more to make sure. But I've heard, I haven't heard that specific version, but I know exactly what you're talking about, where it's like a... A, it's not a sequel but it's like a reboot but it's not quite a reboot because you know they are t- taking aspects from the other movies and treating them as in canon quote unquote mm. right yeah you and know. they and they bring up examples like for instance like the new halloween movies um mm. the saw movies you know they kind of take it and like okay you bring in some of the older characters from the new one like what this scream is doing where you bring in mm-hmm. the characters from the first movie david arquette and courtney cox and Nev campbell like we mentioned the legacy characters who i think they're still you know very good you know what i mean um you know coming yeah. back as their characters you know nev campbell sydney prescott and courtney cox's gail weathers and uh david arquette um who's this is probably the best i've ever seen his character in any of the movies um yeah coming back Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. Dewey is probably one. Dewey's probably one of the most interesting characters of those screen movies. His change of character over time has probably been one of the more interesting aspects of these movies. Mm. Yeah, and I think he's probably out of all the people kind of coming back to this. I think he's one of the better people uh, coming back. Mm. Um, then you have a new crop of uh, people to get, kill. You know what I mean? New group of teenagers. Yeah. You know, always need some fresh group of teenagers to kill. Yeah, you need new blood. Yeah, need some new blood. So you know, some notable people. You got Jenna Ortega here, who uh, people might remember. She was in the show You. Um, she was in season. Was it two or three? Um, mm. it, I think she was in season three. I think it was. Um, um, and she was in that season. Um, she was the sister of the landlord character that he met, um, in season oh, three okay. when, he, when he went to LA. You also have Dylan Minnette here, who people know from 13 Reasons Why. Um, oh, you also have uh, Jack Quaid, who people know from The Boys. Um, he's the mm. one that's dating, uh, kind of the Sydney Prescott of this movie, the lead character of this movie, Melissa Bonara, who's Sam Carpenter. Um, who's that's a nice shout out to, of course, John Carpenter and things like that. Mm. Um, so you got there's kind of, a lot of shout outs yeah tons of, you know kind of tons of shout outs like that um you also have uh when we said like okay you you know in the terms of a requel you have to have characters who are attached or even bring back characters from the original so in this one the whole big thing is like the killer of these movies in this movie um is attacking people who are you know attack who've been 
basically attached to the original murders in the first Scream um, and the killings in the, in the Scream movies. So you have characters, you know, who are like, uh, who is this, this actress named Jasmine uh, Brown, who plays Mindy um, and her brother. And they're the uh, nieces, uh, nieces and nephews of the Jamie Kennedy character from the first one. Uh, the Dylan Minnette character, he's the son of the female uh, deputy who was in uh, the first movie, uh, Marilee Shelton, who's Judy, Deputy Judy. Who was uh, also she was in the last uh, screen movie, so he's the uh, son of her character. Um, so you have some characters who are you know related to the other mm. people in the movie, um, in the past movies as well. Um, I would say with these new crop of people, um, I wasn't all that much interested in them. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think you know, uh, you know, looking at kind of some of the other movies, maybe again, you know what I mean. I think. Mm-hmm. they don't have really all that much personality i don't think no um and they're kind of it seems like they're kind of flat um and the main person who here who i like i said is kind of the sydney prescott of this uh melissa Bonara, um plays sam i think she's also very not that strong uh of an actress there um what were kind of your thoughts and feelings on the new characters yeah. here i thought the meta humor works more than it doesn't I think with the characters wise, yeah, I think it's the legacy characters that get this weird reverence to them. Um, Dewey is my personal favorite. I think he just is a much more interesting portrayal in this and kind of feels like a good final encapsulation of that character into, okay, so much time has kind of passed and he's been through all these different experiences. I mean, they even mentioned on one hand, uh, just to like, hey, just to, people who cared about Scream 4, those like 10 people. Uh, that character is fine. She actually made it out. She's cool. We mentioned it like a really quick. If you're interested, that's a little cameo for that person. Their name dropped. But he's been through all these events, and now he's just to deal with this new kind of set of murders and all this. And you just kind of see him in, in, in this, and he does a good job at kind. The actor does a good job at kind of playing that character. As is um, Courtney Cox. It's nice to see her again. Nice to see her outside of Friends and just kind of playing. This kind of a frustrated individual who has kind of a strained marriage with Dewey, and or relationship, I should say, and uh, Sydney coming back. That's kind of interesting having to deal with her trauma. All the legacy characters make much more of an interesting story when you consider a horror movie. There's a lot more they could have dived into, especially in the meta. And these new characters, I think, like as you said, they're just they're just eh. They're, some of them are, have moments of interest, but you're like eh. You're mm. just here to die. Yeah, I did like Mindy. Um, you know, she's mm. the like I said, she's the niece of the Jamie Kennedy character. Um, I did like her. I thought she had good. You know, she, I thought she was funny at times. I mean, she's really you know since she's the niece of the Jamie Kennedy character, she's the one that mainly is the the movie nerd and referencing, and mm-hmm. she's the one that gives the whole breakdown, just like how Jamie Kennedy did about as appropriate. Th- you know, this is what you do. You know, this is like the new rules of the horror movies, and this is what the killer's doing, and and everything like that. So she's kind of. I did kind of enjoy some of her moments in there. I thought she was. I thought she was fine. Um, she's probably maybe my favorite if I had to pick one of of the new crop. Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, with this one, what it kind of does, I think, a little bit better was with the friend group is Mm. that they all kind of is like, well, I mean, given how that this has happened four different times already and the killer has kind of like usually been a part of a friend group like this. It's like, well, typically chances Mm. are it's one of you guys. 
And then they're right. like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, maybe you're the killer. Maybe They're kind of like turning on each other, which I thought was kind of cool. I don't think I've seen that much in the other movies before. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the, the friend group really kind of turned on each other before. Yeah, usually it's played by numbers, and they don't expect them to the final end. And it is kind of nice to see, like, no, okay, there's only a few of us that would know that. We don't trust any of y'all anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I all suspects. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of pretty cool the way they did that, of how you know what I mean. It it, it turns into them kind of turning on mm-hmm. each other a little bit, um, and you know we we talked about you know who potentially could have been like we, when me and Nick talked about the show of what kind of would be in this um, mm-hmm. series and everything. Hey, thanks, John, good for the thirty bits, man. Thanks for showing up. Uh, how are you doing, man? Um, yeah, we we talked about me and Nick about like what potentially would be in this fifth one and what it would be talking about uh, because we like we say Scream gets meta you know what i mean and what mm-hmm. what what are the new things in horror movies now that they could talk about um you know and i mean i i kind of wrongly guessed that they would kind of do like a whole twitch thing with it you know streamer kind of thing with it um i'm actually glad they didn't yeah which they kind of already did that in the fourth one already um yeah they kind of sort of already did that already but they don't uh they don't do it here um they do talk about, you know, more of the newer kind of horror movies out now. You know what I mean? I was like, well, the slasher thing, uh, that's kind of played out. Nobody really does that anymore. It's like now the new stuff, as they say, is like the elevated horror, right? You know what I mean? They mention all those kind of movies like Get Out and stuff like that. Like that's kind of the new thing now. Um, so, yeah, we did. We did. I think we did mention that it would probably reference kind of those things, like those different horror movies now. You know what I mean? Stuff like Get mm-hmm. Out and, and stuff like that. Um and when it came, I think this movie, and I'm I suck at guessing the killer, uh, you know, at whodunits and things like that. And I think with this one, I think I don't know. I I I had guessed it before when we looked at, you know, I mean, last week when we discussed the whole Scream franchise, and I was half right. Like I got one of the killers right, but not mm-hmm. the other killer. Um, what about? Would you think you think the the killer in this was too predictable? A little bit. Mm. Which after a certain point, kind of it goes by. About the halfway point, I thought to myself, eh, "It's probably these two, mm. or okay. probably one of the two combinations." Mm. And I am being kind of right. Okay. At least I had one of them. At least. Mm. Okay. Um, and then directing this movie, you have uh, Matt Batelli and Tyler uh, Gillett. Uh, they did uh, Ready or Not, which I love Ready or Not. I um, think that's a, a really, really great movie. That's a movie with some more weaving in it. A horror movie, uh, much like, kind of like, it's in the style of something like You're Next. Um, you know, very, very good movie. And then they're here to direct this one. Um, I would say the, the, the stabbings, the you know, in this, very brutal. Um, very, very much. I mean, it was, I mean, in all the other screen movies, it was never really this violent when it came to the stabbings. This one, it's really visceral. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm. There's even one person who gets gutted, you know, pretty much in this. And I think that's just the sensibilities they have, especially coming from something like, you know, doing Ready or Not and things like that, um, that it, it you know, it, it's definitely, you feel it a lot more than I think you've ever felt it before in any of the other Scream movies. Um, what did you kind of think about the violence in these in this movie? Uh, I thought it was, um, I thought it was an appropriate level of violence but i did notice when in the previous screens while it was violent it almost seemed a bit almost pg-13 ish it almost bordered on it mm-hmm. there was blood there were moments where it was bad and people got stabbed but it was never really too visceral 
not real too super violent. Just enough to kind of get the point across so that like teens and other people could watch it as well. Mm. This one did certainly have a bit more of an edge to it. At least a little bit more. Especially with that gutting scene. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, you're going for it. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of blood that gets spilt out. Um, you know, and yeah, it's it's definitely, I think, way more kind of violent, I think, that I've mm-hmm. seen with the other movies spin. Um, they got a bigger blood budget. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, with this movie... You know, you know, given that it's like, okay, it's like, okay, we're, it, it acknowledges what it is, you know, like they say in the movie, it's a recall, and it's like, okay, but, you know, we're trying to tread new ground, and we're trying to, you know, do something different, but it's kind of falls into a lot of those same trappings of right. doing that where okay you're trying you're not really treading new ground even though you're saying you're treading new ground mm-hmm. you're kind of falling back into the same things that it was with the first one um and you know it you know it talks about like okay you know you got to bring in you know the new legacy characters you know to respect the original and everything like that everything goes back to the original um yeah i mean cuz the original is the original and you know i don't think there has been anything that has topped, you know, when it comes to the screen movies since the original. There's been sequels that have been fine and been good, but yeah. there's been nothing that has been as good as that first one because of what it did yeah. and 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 what it, you know the impact that it had. It's like the Matrix. It's like yeah. you know you have the first Matrix. This was a huge cultural impact. It was massive. It's hard to kind of repeat that success again. So when you try to do these sequels and try to add on to things, and it's like, oh well, let's let's continue it on. It just doesn't have that same film. Now, not to say you can't do great sequels, because obviously there are great sequels. I mean, you can endlessly name good great sequels, and even sequels um, that have been long, you know, you know, been long, long, long awaited coming, like Mad Max Fury Road. You know, for instance, that was uh, many, many years before we had another sequel to Mad Max, and then that came, and that didn't even have the original, you know, Mel Gibson in the movie, you know, and he's playing, you know, it's played by totally somebody different else, and that even really isn't a a Mad Max movie, that's a Furioso movie, really. Yeah, that's not, Mad Max is not even really a character in that, he didn't even speak until halfway through that movie. Yeah, I mean, that's... even then, and even then, he's not even portraying the character in the way that Mel Gibson did. Yeah. Uh, and that was hugely successful, and people love that movie. So you can do it, you know what I mean? It just mm. depends on how you do it and, and, and work it in there. And, and don't say, like, okay, we're you know really changing the game, really doing something. It's like, you're, you're really not. Um, how did you kind of overall feel about this movie? Well, for all the, uh, the metal talk, meta talk, which does work for the more times than not, as I said before, so for all the uh, legacy characters that they kind of bring in, I was never super surprised for all that like oh man we're gonna really change the game it ended almost exactly as exactly as the first one kind of did differently but almost exactly in the end there was a one big surprise which some fans will either like or they won't and uh it but it ends in such a similar fashion that you're like i wish Wes craven was here because he would have had just enough innovation he would throw something in Mm. give a real gotcha kind of like a all right this movie was worth it because you did something different Mm. this if you're gonna make all the meta jokes about oh man this is like a a requel or remake or whatever remake sequel uh actually have fun with that play a lot more with that go against my sensibilities do something really different really just completely change the game make it really like what the heck well 
they actually reference they actually referenced that in this movie. Yeah, I know. I think that was funny, <laughs> but I, I just didn't feel it, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just didn't feel it, unfortunately. They mentioned that, but I, I don't know. It's I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you feel the same, but it just it. The movie was fine. Like I didn't have any problem with it. It did everything I, it asked itself to do. I like the legacy characters. It's nice to see them again. The new characters went in eh, for the most part, but I did like the meta stuff and the kills were kind of nice. Again, it couldn't go as gratuitous as I think they could have gone, but they went gratuitous more than I thought they would. So I don't know. I I liked it more than I didn't. If that makes any sense. Mm. Yeah, I, I just where I am with it. Um, I thought I was just fine. You know, yeah. um, I thought it was you know comparing it to the other sequels. Um, hmm, I don't know if I like it as much as I liked four or two. Mm um you know but i think it's just fine um and mm. it's definitely better than three for me but yeah mm. i mean like you said um the best parts of this are the legacy characters coming back you know what i mean and i think they have you know you know especially david arquette's character as we mentioned before because mm-hmm. it just feels like you know he's really doing something here you know what i mean as far as you know being the whole kind of this this you know th- how his life has turned out since these movies go um and it feels like you know if you kind of made this Maybe you know, do did a little bit more hard boiled stuff, you know, with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe trying to really investigate these crimes and really trying to piece it together. Like maybe that would have been a different. I almost angle. wanted this to kind of turn into like a pseudo saw. Mm. Pseudo saw. I almost wanted it. Mm. it Just uh, the hard boiled detective kind of going after the serial killer, really getting the mind. It almost like a a mind hunter esque. Really kind of go with the meta and that narrative almost. Mm. That could have been really interesting. Yeah, because I think he. I mean, I think this is like I said, best. I think the best we've seen his character in any of these movies before, um, which is which is nice. Um, and you know, a lot of stuff here. You know, I said good kills. Um, mm. You know what I mean. And then when they do the final act in this, um, yeah. again, it, it, it the the whole thing when they do with the final. Act, I guess it's appropriate for maybe modern times. The way they kind of update it a little bit um the motive mm. and everything um with the kind of killers and everything like that uh i don't know I, I didn't think it was ridiculous at all what did you kind of think about the third act? Uh, uh the third act kind of fell apart when you kind of have these characters explaining why they're doing what they're doing and i kind of went oh man really that's why you're kind of doing this <laughs> i mean i get it i get why you're doing it but that it's kind of lame. I was hoping for something a little bit more substantial, but I guess you are young and dumb. Sure, why not? I'll let you have it. Mm. But I wish it was more. I felt it was kind of a, it, like it took more work to make that make it work than I think they could have done in alternative means. Mm. Yeah, but I did like the final like conversations at the end that was kind of nice between courtney cox and sydney and the other characters that was kind of nice especially what happens to a certain character that was nice yeah uh javon good said so the killer is young hmm he's trying to he's trying to piece together the clues huh uh well they're Piecing all together like dewey yeah well they're all young i mean you know what i mean yeah they're, they're all young um hmm. yeah you know to wrap wrap this up um hmm I mean, I guess if you're a massive scream person and you love these movies and you love you a, lot, a, a lot of them, um, then I guess you'll really like this one too. I don't think it's 
that you know much of a huge departure from yeah. the other movies that it goes like what the fuck is this um i think it's no. right it's no, right at all you know right along the line of what these movies have been it's just that it doesn't it wasn't a matrix resurrections you know, yeah, it was. You know, uh, wasn't too much of a major re- resurrection situation here. Um, you know, this one it goes all the way with the meta stuff, but that's what Scream has always done anyway. So, mm. you know, that's what it's always been. Um, so, if yeah, if you're a big fan of these movies, I don't see this being too much. You know, I mean, you would like hate this one. Um, it's just that it, you know, it's got the formula, and you know, you you you're making it, and it, there you go. It's it's kind of the form that you had. It's like kind of like a meal that you eat, but then somebody adds a salad next to it. It's like okay, it doesn't really make big of a difference if I eat this meal, but then I eat it with a salad. Doesn't really make that big of a difference. Um, you know what I mean? So it's it, it's not shaking up things too much. It's not trying to do any. It's like maybe tries to attempt to maybe do some something new, and then says it's trying to be this mm-hmm. kind of new thing, but not really. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I still give it a. I give it a stream it. I'd say it's a relatively, you know, good streaming. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much on this on the right where you are. You don't really need to see it in, in the theaters. You can just stream it. Mm, yeah. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the about the movie maybe later on. You know, I'll yeah. stream uh, just spoiler stuff uh, just just to kind of get your opinion on it uh, because yeah, there's sure. there's some stuff in it that's. You know, it's 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 some really kind of goofy horror stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the stuff where she's, um, you know, like at a hospital, and there's I guess there's oh. nobody else at the hospital. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So stream it for me, and then uh, stream it for Dusk as well. Um, all right. So moving on from discussing Scream, uh, we're gonna discuss Peacemaker. Peacemaker um, is the HBO Max series um, that just dropped yesterday. Um, three episodes, which we said is pretty good. Dropped nice, good three episodes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I very much appreciated that. You know, you get a good sense of feeling of what the show is all about, what the show is doing, the premise of the show, where the show is going. Uh, what I mean? And I like that. Um, I like that quite a bit. Um, John Cena, who's turned into this big comedic uh, talent. I mean, you know, obviously he's already a big motherfucker already. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, obviously he's also this really good comedic talent. Uh, we saw it in uh, Trainwreck. Um, he was also in the movie called Blockers. Um, Vacation Friends, which I didn't see, but Nick saw. It was one of his biggest surprises of uh, 2021 uh, on our list there. And he said, very good. He enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, he's he's turned into a great, you know, community talent and and in this and you know, watching the Suicide Squad, which we first saw his character in, um uh, which I was a big fan of that movie. Um, you know, it was one of my favorite movies of 2021. And uh the humor in it works really well. James Gunn, I mean, it, it's you know, he was allowed to basically just kind of let loose and do the humor that he's done, you know what I mean? If you've seen his other stuff, you know what I mean, like Slither or uh, Super, you know, uh, it's pretty much it's right along those lines there um, mm. of stuff he's done before, humor-wise. Um, and here, you know, you know, it pretty much is what that character was in the, you know, in, a little bit in the Suicide, yeah. Suicide Squad, just a little bit kind of toned Please. down a little bit you know what i mean because actually yeah. now that he's the protagonist of his own show you know what i mean you have to kind of make him a little bit more heroic you know what i mean i mean he's still dumb as hell in a way and yeah. you know you know but in a, in a very funny way um and the humor in this i think works a lot um like i said john cena is great in this role um and 
the the violence matches the the comedy really matches as well as the violence in this the gore i mean i mean they're they're not afraid to definitely, you know, show some bloody bloodiness in this at all. Um, and as well as nudity. I mean, you'll get that as well in this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they'll they'll show it full on. No problem. Um, yeah. And I'll say right off the bat, I really enjoyed this. I mean, it's my type of superhero thing. It's my type of, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's definitely a departure. If you're feeling like a little superhero burnt out, it's like I can't deal with all the superhero shit um and it's all the same if you're a person who feels like that then i think this is a different change of pace for you um you know much like the boys much like invincible Mm. or something like that it very very much is it'd be a different kind of change of pace um what did you kind of you feel about this um you mentioned the boys and invincible which i think is interesting because while i was watching this i I didn't get that. I got okay. I think a lot of people will mention this as this, but there's a difference. Uh, Garth Edwards isn't a isn't a part of all this, which means it's not horribly awfully cynical. Like it doesn't hate you for liking comics or hate you for liking what you like. It's just dealing with the character in a situation that the title of the character is ironic. And that kind of works in an interesting way. Usually wouldn't, but it works. John Cena, he's very much his character. And I do like that the consequences from the Suicide Squad actually follows into the show. Mm. He does actually feel bad about some of the things he's had to do. He does actually is questioning himself on some of those actions. But in a weird way, he's kind of been trained by birth to have this just insurmountable bravado that he doesn't want to show it, but he's... So, but there is a, while I'm laughing, I'm also, like, really sad, sad while watching him, because it's almost pathetic. Like, Mm. he's this guy who could kill everyone in the room that's talking shit to him, but he doesn't. And it doesn't really occur to him, because that's just not his interest to do so. Mm. He just kind of takes a lot of crap. And he says things that are really rude or awful, but then when you explain it to him, he's like, no, that's not what I meant at all. Like, that's... That's totally rude. Why would I say that? And you're like, you just said that. <laughs> well, but that's not what I meant. And you're like, but you said it. Well, it's not what I meant. God, get off my, get off me already. <laughs> oh. And you're just like, oh, oh my God. Everyone's a jerk in this series. Everyone. Everyone's either a sociopath, a psychopath, or very like sad and depressed. And yet everything is at 11. Mm. Everything is pushed to 11. And somehow, if it was with any other guy, anyone else but Shane Black, this would fall apart immediately. But somehow, the mad lad finds just a little bit of moments where he can be genuinely funny or genuine little human moments that keep me from normally where I'd be like, ah, this isn't really that interesting. And then I'll have a little kernel moment where I'm like, okay, I'll watch a little bit longer. And then by the time that's in the episode's over, I'm like, all right, I'm going to see the next episode. Let's keep going. Hmm. And then episode two, like, okay, all right, I'm in it. I almost, the first episode's a slow burn, I'll say that. Hmm. Bit of a slow burn. It doesn't really start off great. But then about halfway in, you're like, okay, all right. And then it ends, like, in a really funny way. And you're like, okay. Hmm. Ever since that, by the end of episode three, I'm like, okay, I'm sold. I'm going to see where this goes. 
Yeah, um, like you mentioned, so the, if you watch Suicide Squad, it follows the plot line, you know, as far as the storyline of his character from that movie into this. Because if you know the Suicide Squad, so it was all about, you know what I mean, basically giving criminals, um, planting bombs in their necks and giving them a mission to uh, do on the bidding of Amanda Waller um, and the government. And um, here, so it's still, you know, at the end of that movie, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Suicide Squad, which is also on HBO Max, you can watch it right now. Um, you know, so his character, his character got shot, whole building fell on top of him, uh, but somehow he survived, you know what I mean? Uh, somehow he lived through that, luckiest man uh, in, the, in the world, as uh, the doctor says at the beginning of the series. Um, and he's, st but he's still working for the government because he's still got the bomb plant in his neck. You know what I mean? Um, and they say, okay, well, we're not going to send you back to prison, but you're still going to do missions for us, killing people, because that's what you do well, because he's an expert on every single weapon imaginable in human society and can kill people with anything. So it's like, okay, you got a great set of skills that we're going to use you. Um, and he's working with the team that was also kind of appeared in the first movie as well with an added new addition of uh, actress Daniel, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Brooks, who um, was in uh, Orange is New Black. Uh, Daniela Brooks, she was in Orange is the New Black. Um, so that's where I've seen her before. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that. Um, so you have kind of returning characters from the, the Suicide Squad. He was a part of that team with Amanda Waller working with uh, the Suicide Squad there, like the actress Jennifer uh, Holland, um, Steve uh, Agee, uh, Aggie, who's um, here as well. Like the, I remember those two characters who were on the squad um, as well working, you know, guy on the computer working uh, with there. Um, you also have, you mentioned his father, who's Robert uh, Patrick, um, who's a complete, just basically he's a white supremacist. I mean, basically. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, who's his father? So it's like, when you see his father, it's like, well, of course, you know what I mean? It's like, well, this is, of course, how you turned out. I mean, look how you were raised. I mean, I mean, you actually, it's a miracle you're even as maybe good as you Decent. are. You know, yeah, yeah. as decent esque of a human being as you are, yeah. I, I mean, it's almost kind of a miracle, almost uh, honestly. Um, who's a great performance from Robert Patrick, actually. Um, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, uh, really good from him. Um, everybody does like a good job, like you said, everybody is pretty much psychotic. I mean, because even people who you know, because they're working on this job, getting this whole working with Peacemaker, because they say it's like it's basically punishment for what they did to her. Uh, Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad movie um, and like I said I mean they've been doing this job for a long time so they kind of don't have any emotion behind just killing people because they see it as like well hey it's for the greater good I mean that's what we do you know what I mean they say we need to kill this person we need to kill this person it's it must be for a good reason so why question it um, so they kind of just don't have any feelings too much about it um, and Dan uh, Danielle Brooks She's the only one um, who is the newcomer who's kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't really know about all this. I mean, uh, like, why do we have yeah. to do this? And, um, you know, she kind of is more the audience kind of avatar character of kind of going like, this situation's kind of fucked. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Of how really fucked up things are. Um, but everyone works, like I said, really well together. Um, you know, the action in the show works very well, too. I mean, there's a lot of really great action set pieces in here um and um i think when you when it's all of them kind of interacting very funny they all bounce off each other really well the chemistry works very very well uh which i think is very much appreciated um and even there's a character called vigilante um oh, yeah. who's also who's like like peacemakers like super fan you know what i mean like you know calls super himself, friend uh so-called bff he considers him his idol 
like vigilante considers a peacemaker's idol mm. yeah you know what i mean it just like actually you know probably loves the guy um yeah it, legitimately does yeah and i you know i thought he was really great and i thought their moments oh, yeah, were he's, also really good um he's uh, also the most sociopathic out of all of them mm. you think so yeah there's a he there's interesting it's there's also another thing i think that's an interesting theme on this that i think works and wouldn't if it didn't have this tone uh there's an irony to everything and uh shane black really is good at that at kind of having almost a, a good satire about things and he does not think things through like he has a oh this is has to be this so it has to be this so i have no qualms about doing these things mm. and it's like he doesn't think that part through there's a lot of ignorance. Ignorance on Peacemaker when he makes a pledge like, oh, I'll do whatever it takes in order to do this. I'm like, you didn't really think that through when you said that. I'm going to get, I was like, or another character on the team. I'm going to do this with this. I didn't think she really thought that through. And now she's kind of stuck in this. And mm. these characters are all kind of on these weird different paths on just being oblivious to the consequences of saying things. And Vigilant has a great little, great moment where uh, Peacemaker, for various reasons, can't do a certain thing. And and Vigilant just says, hey, buddy, hold, hold on. Let me let me tap you out for a second. And he just goes humming to himself as he does something mm. very horrible. And mm. just doesn't really think much of it. Yeah. Huh? Um, that's a good point, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's definitely just ready to do everything. I mean, he's much like kind of Peacemaker in the way that he's like, I follow the rules. You know, if people, you know, go, get out of line, I fix it. You know what I mean? He's very kind of much like yeah. that type of, of, of hero. But he has no discretion. Mm. He has he ver he listed various things that he's done, like oh you know I I've shot this person do you do this for like who's a meth ed, meth head and you're like well that person is just like an addict they had nothing to do oh shh, too late ah, too late you bad guy <laughs> you're technically a bad guy because you didn't follow the rule and I'm like uh, all right man you have no there's no gray it's either you follow the rules or you didn't very uh, Judge Dredd esque. Mm yeah yeah very very much so yeah um but yeah his character was really funny um and yeah i think it's you know and i think you'll know this show is for you if you watch the intro mm -hmm. to the show and if that turns oh, yeah. you on and off it's like then that's already kind of how you know the show is for you or not because yeah. uh yeah i mean it's it's cock rock it's a lot of that type of stuff and it's a, a whole dance sequence they do as intro which i think is awesome uh, oh it's hilarious yeah it's, it's really funny it's like superhero shows they don't have or just shows in general don't have intros anymore you know what i mean they don't yeah. do real intros anymore and this one does a whole dance sequence at the beginning and everything like that uh, which even i thought ends with eagle even ends with eagerly the eagle yeah who's his uh sidekick peacemaker sidekick eagerly um you know best friend sidekick you know what i mean like he's harvey birdman or something like that um <laughs> he gives him a hug <laughs> yeah yeah <gives laughs> the damn eagle gives him a hug i don't think i've last harder than anything he's giving me a hug I and I think John Cena is the lead of this. I mean, he's perfect. I mean, he works really yeah. well. You know, he you know hits the timing really well and, and is very very good. And I think that's what also sells the series very very well. Um, because when they announced they they were doing a Peacemaker series, I was like, oh really? Okay. I I mean, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Can he sustain doing his own show? Can it work? And I think it it does. You know what I mean? Um, this is you know going to mm -hmm. be only eighty episodes, but. 
um yeah uh you know i'm very very much interested to you know kind of see where the show kind of is gonna go i'm into it very much and i think it's i mean even if they did maybe one episode if they only gave people they only just dropped one episode i still would have been into mm-hmm. it because i think it's such a funny show um in, in the stuff they do even the first episode where he's in the hospital and then he's like okay i gotta tell somebody something he tells just the janitor you know what i mean who smoked weed with him and then i thought that whole interaction was was really funny um that that was pretty good. So, um, yeah, um, I enjoyed the series a lot, man. Um, I'd give it a high tune in. I think it, it works on a lot of levels. Um, the cast is great. Um, the you know violence is 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 there. Not to say like you need violence to be an adult show or anything like that, but it's you know it's no. what you can expect from a character peacemaker, which right. you saw him do in the Suicide Squad. So they don't tone that down um no if anything they turn it up yeah uh yeah they turn it up here so yeah i i really enjoyed it a lot man um were there any downsides for you at all um some of the some humor works some does not it gets kind of all right okay this is kind of annoying so i kind of uh, that could i it depends on your type of humor some works for some people some might work for other i think structurally also um, there are some tonal issues in this show sometimes where you're like, okay, it's really hard to be bouncing back and forth. Sometimes, a lot of times it works, but there are a few times where the tonal ships aren't as appropriate. But it's gotten a bit better now that it's gotten to the third episode. In the very beginning, it's the first episode was probably the least um, balanced, but as it's gone on, it's gotten a bit better on what really this tone of the show is. Honestly, after the first episode, that intro makes a whole lot more sense when you just how insane everything kind of is uh my favorite moment and without any spoilers for what's happening there's a character in the third episode that uh, another character is being um, tortured and he says uh and he's like oh i'm gonna break break you and he's hurting this other character he's like and the other character goes no i will never uh i will never stop i will never give in the other, and he's uh the the person that's torturing says i know how much this this hurts you We've, he's like, we've watched and we know that human beings are empathetic to their fellow man and this hurts them. And it's like the saddest thing at the same time. Like, yeah, you're right. But also this is the show and no one's been a single bit empathetic that this entire show. <laughs> you have the wrong cast. This is the wrong show, bud. Uh, go, go check out Young Justice. Like, maybe check that out or, or the Justice League or some crap. Uh, but honestly, yeah, I think this is, um, for those that really like, really like this, I think everyone does a great job casting. I like the little moments that certain characters have. I like just the weird pulls from all the weird, uh, like the C tier characters from DC that nobody knows about aside from hardcore comic people. How many people know about the vigilante? How many even people knew about Peacemaker before the, su- the Suicide Squad? Right. I, I don't. I don't know any of that stuff. Judo master. Yeah. Judo master. Yeah. You're like, all right, I was just going to throw a judo master in here. Sure. Why not? Uh, why the heck not? Um, so I think, I think there'll be a treat for those people who really want to, who are like, Oh man, these are characters that I never thought be on anything outside of something really hardcore. I think that's a nice treat for them. And yeah, I think overall, uh, I've had fun. I had fun watching this. It was a little bit of a sl- a little bit of a slow start for me. I wasn't getting into it, but by the end of it, of that first episode, I've been on with it since. I've been getting understanding its tone a bit more after that. 
but so yeah i have to give this like a solid tune in this is a solid time i'm going to enjoy the next couple episodes mm. i can't wait till they're coming out i'm looking forward to it because i'm curious to see where this is going to go and i've actually enjoyed this a little bit more than i did the boys mm. wow the boys for me unfortunately similar to preacher with garth edwards is he has a very great satire but it's very clear to me that he hates the medium in which he's talking mm. and it's very clear to me that shane does not and it completely shows in the tone shane he's being shane black james Whatever. gunn didn't... sorry james god damn sorry my <laughs> bad james gunn uh yeah you're right slither and all that he clearly has a, a love for this kind of stuff mm. and i you can tell the producers everybody's really liking it i don't the boys is a satire but it's much more of like a depressing satire and i'm not really it's just like okay cool i can't even have superheroes anymore appreciate it got it mm. uh at least in this world it feels like oh yeah superman can exist in this Zack snyder superman can exist in this world not real superman but superman can exist and batman sure mm. i like they even introduced the idea of batmite that was just thrown in there and they're yeah. like batmite so you're like oh man how many people are even going to know about that character Mm. yeah this is yeah there's clearly a lot of people who enjoy this and i think if you're willing to at least try something different and you don't want to be kind of depressed this is a fun little show fun show i'm curious to see more of it yeah and when i compared it to the boys i didn't mean like it during it's like just like it because the boys is more like oh, yeah said, more you know cynical it's a satire on the superhero stuff and then th throws in much social commentary stuff with you know that with, with the superhero mm -hmm. medium uh yeah this show, i just you meant, like in style yeah, it's kind of in style, just in terms of. I think it's a different change of pace than yeah, true. your normal superhero stuff that you see, like with mm -hmm. the Marvel movies and maybe even like yeah. some of the DC movies they do, like you know, with Wonder Woman or Aquaman. It's like okay, I'm kind of oh, tired yeah. of all that different shit. No, you it, know what I mean. I think like the Defenders. It felt almost like a Daredevil world, seeing it on the street level, or like, well, how did the normal people just clean up crazy crap? Mm. Like if they're doing all this big superhero stuff, like. What do normal human beings have to do in order to kind of compete? And you're like, well, you're going to have to desensitize yourself. You're mm -hmm. going to have to do some really screwed up crap and unfortunately kill people that don't deserve it. They don't deserve to die. and But it happens because you don't want your appearance or word to get out. And so you, you take innocent lives and that takes a toll. And yeah, they seem closed off, but every character that kind of shows off, it, there's also like that hint of sadness that you're like, they're just kind of desensitized and really sad. They can't appreciate the small things because they do what no people wants to do. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so me and you both uh, high tune in. Uh, so, well, yeah. You gave it a solid tune in? Yeah, I gave it a solid tune in, kind of bordering on a high. But I'll give it a solid tune in. It, it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so solid tune in from you. And I think it's a yeah, strong kind of tune in for me, high tune in for me. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Peacemaker, uh, we're going to be discussing Book of Boba Fett. Um, so this is mm. episode three, uh, chapter three, um, as they name it in the series of good old Boba Fett. Um, in this series, um, we kind of see a little bit more of, um, you know, kind of explain the story, you know, kind of get into some more things here. Um, I will still say that... Even with this episode three, I'm not still sold on the series, um, and it mm -hmm. only has four episodes left, um, and it kind of hasn't won me over all that much yet. Uh, how do you kind of feel about it? I'm right there with you. I said it before with uh, with Nick was here. Uh, I'm like, I was looking at my watch, like, all right, 
what are you trying to tell me? What's what's the point? You you devi- deviated from what lore that I do know, and the lore of his kind of character, and he's gonna I'm gonna take over the Hut's territory. Why? What? Why you're a brownie hunter? Why do you care? And even before you had other reasons when you met the Mandalorians, and you and you helped because of the Mandalorian War, and you know what it's like to kind of lose family, and you're trying to figure this stuff out. That makes sense. I understand where your character's coming from in that range because of his culture and stuff that is explored. All right, you met sand people. <laughs> Look where that led to. Now that that's over, backstory's over. Glad to know that didn't mean anything. Uh, it's just, I don't know what the point of this is. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, with the crimeless stuff, it's like, so the huts, they come back in this episode, the uh, mm. cousin huts. Um, they hear, it's like, okay, I don't know if, you know, they're maybe going to come back later and they're going to be this big threat later on and they're going to face off against him. Um, but the whole thing of him being a crime lord, it's like, like you said, what, what I asked this question last when we talked about episode two is what's really the point of him doing this? You know, why does he really want to do it? Um, why does he really want to be the leader here um, in this situation? Um, and I just kind of, I just don't understand that as of yet. The backstory stuff of him learning this whole other culture with the Tusken Raiders, we talked about it also last episode, and I kind of like that stuff, the flashback stuff. I think that it's like you talked about before Dusk. It's like they're trying to do two different series. It's like they're trying to do all this this backstory stuff, but then also trying to do this other series as well with him being the crime lord, and I just don't think it blends all that well together. Um, And, you know, there's still... You know, kind of and stuff to kind of appreciate, um, but I think with this episode, it kind of it's it follows kind of the other pattern a little bit of what we've seen from the past other episodes. Um, you know, this episode opens up with Stephen Root in it, uh, where he kind of comes to him and does say what kind of has been in, on everybody's mind. It's like, well, hey, dude, um, yeah, we know you're like in charge now, but nobody really respects you in this position mm-hmm. uh, because you haven't really flexed your authority here. So it's like, yeah, I mean. People that were protected under the old leadership is kind of they're falling by the wayside here because, uh, you know, you haven't really protected them and done your thing. And, you know, again, it's still, you know, I get he's trying to build his crew and trying to do his thing, you know, trying to trying to do it, build his crew. Um, But it's still just kind of the four of them. And it's like I mentioned this before. It's like, why can't these other major forces just take him out? You know, and yeah. Stephen Root, I mean, Stephen Root's always an amazing character actor, um, and, and all this stuff he does, you know what I mean? I mean, he's been in tons of different stuff, mostly oh, yeah. the Mike Judd stuff. I mean, he was the voice of uh, Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, he was in the office space. I mean, he's been in tons of stuff. I mean, great, great character actor. Um, Dodgeball. But, yep, Dodgeball. Yeah, he's been in yeah tons and tons of stuff. Um, and he's great here. Like, he's great in a lot of stuff he's in. And then, you know, so it sets him you know, kind of off about, like, okay trying to you know really trying to understand this territory and it's just like with tatooine with the mandalorian and i'm going to try not to compare it too much with the mandalorian but with the mandalorian it was like seeing different locations going to kind of different planets him traveling you know him uh, 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 there was a goal there it's like okay get baby yoda to his people that was kind of the goal of this show and, and trying to do it's like okay you know him setting up shop in this tatooine which never has been the most interesting place. That was always a place that people no. just went to. Luke wanted to leave. Yeah, he's like, okay, it's, it's it's a planet with two suns and it's desert, 
and all this other stuff. It's like, man, get me the hell up out of here. I want to join the, the, the empire. Fuck this. You know what I mean? He was ready to join the whole empire. He's like, I'm trying to do anything to get out of here. And it's just a lot of stuff. It's just not this interesting locale to really explore all that much. I don't think here, um, or at least they don't make it that interesting. And with the stuff of him going like, okay, with Stephen Root coming and saying like, okay, well these people they stole from me, handle it, you know, you know, try to try to flex your authority here, show me that you know you're this big crime boss, and you know, you know, I can do something for you. And then you know he goes to try to do it, and then he does. Oh, hey, what's going on there, hey, man? Uh, hey, go to Vanny Spheres. Um, you said episode three was a misstep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I kind of agree there, man. Um, thanks for showing up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, with the stuff here, it's, it's kind of he, so he shows up and with these kind of punk biker gang people. Oh, yeah. Um, which was very kind like, of. What the heck? It was almost like something out of Blade Runner, kind of. Yeah, it was like cyber. You got cyberpunk mixed in my Star Wars. Yeah, I know that was kind of, sort of a like a wink and nod to George Lucas's uh, American Graffiti kind of days. Oh, that felt very American Graffiti. But yes. you're like, but that tone doesn't. These characters have these really nice bikes, but they couldn't afford anything else, so they put robotic limbs on the on themselves. That looks really brand new and took a lot of money, but they can't afford wages to buy water. And then they openly admit that they stole water. Yeah. Hey, thanks and for that. And they're right across from the guy that they stole it from. Yeah. Uh, thanks, by the way, for their redeem on the hydrate there. Devil's that game. Uh, thank you, man. My mouth was a little dry talking all this much. That's what happens doing Jeez. this podcast. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, the, uh, the people that were there... They stole right from the dude who's who's standing. They stand right from, right from. I'm like, uh, like you just. I mean, I don't know. You ain't got guys yourself that you can have like just knock these dudes. They're literally in front of your shop. They're literally right yeah. there. Um, and Boba Fett, he's coming to these these punk biker gang people, and it's a very. And I'm glad you mentioned American Graffiti. Thank you for mentioning that because maybe it was mm-hmm. a shout out to that. I didn't think about that. I think that's that's a very good analysis there. Um, something like that. And I know George Lucas. I mean, when people say like, um, "Well, why is this in Star Wars?" Especially when they drive their little Power Ranger uh, Vespas or whatever. Um, as Javon Good also mentioned, a lot of people called called uh, call them out as well when they saw this episode that these colorful bikes they're riding. Um, yeah. First of all, that, I mean, colorful stuff is like that. It's it, it's like the prequels. You know what I mean? That stuff like that has been in in the Star Wars world before the fifties. Oh yeah, um, it can. And the whole fifties aesthetic that was also in the prequels because of like when it goes to the fifties diner and I, I kind of I want to forget about that because that doesn't fit at all. Yeah, I mean you know they go to like the fifties diner and and Attack of the Clones and stuff like that. Um, and you know with with that is it, it just it's like not that it's colorful for me like that's the main sticking point. Some people right. it's just that it doesn't fit on this Tatooine planet right of this kind of it seems like this planet is a very destitute planet very mm-hmm. you know what i mean the rich are rich but the poor are very poor you right. know what i mean it's a clear huge imbalance there and it's, that's why there's all this crime and everything like mm-hmm. that there in this in this planet but their vehicles looked like the colors have been really desaturated and beat up and all these extra doodads were on old things that they're tr- that it looks like almost painted on crudely, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make it like this. Then I'd be like, oh, that's like a homage to that, and it, they're just trying to stand out. They're trying to put some amount of color, 
in a really like saturated area like Tantooine. They're trying to stand out. Mm-hmm. And if the machinery actually fits Star Wars machinery that is supposedly set in that era, it would be a lot more gritty and more almost, uh, especially if they can't afford limbs that look like their body, they could, it would look a lot more almost cybernetic, a lot more, uh, yeah, just honestly, just gritty, more me- mechanical. But all their stuff looks like cyberpunk cosplay. Like mm-hmm. He has like a cyber eye with that big thing over his, uh, his head. I'm like, that doesn't, that's not, that's not what Star Wars, how you, you would have replaced that eye. I mean, it would have been a lot more clunkier if you're going to be that bad, or they just would have removed the eye entirely and not even bothered. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the stuff with the with the bikes, it's just like when they, they when Boba Fett, you know, he comes to them, and yeah. you know, he's trying to be a more peaceful guy, right? He's trying to be more like, okay, I'm not just going to come in and shoot and ask questions later, and yeah. I'm going to you know try to talk to these people. It's like, okay, why did you steal? And he's like, okay, but there's no work. And that's why we can't, you know, we're, we're stealing. Um, even though they got these nice looking ass bikes. I mean, it's, I like, know. These, these bikes look brand new. It's like, wow, I guess yeah. you must not be working. But how do you get these nice ass bikes like this? All shiny and nice yeah. colors. It's like, damn, I guess you spent a lot of yeah. time working on the bike then. Yeah. Um, and one of the, and the and the guy with the eye even makes a notice at the very end right, where they talk like, keep your eyes open. He's like, oh, sorry. He's like, no, it's all right. No, it's all right, mate. I played a lot of money for this eye. And you're like. Oh, so you paid a lot of money for your cybermetic implant, but not for water. Got it. Yeah. It's like maybe, I don't know, if you can afford to keep these bikes in nice condition and afford that new eye and maybe that, like maybe, I don't know, maybe you could afford to get off planet maybe. and Yeah. You could have <laughs> pulled a bunch of money and just left. There's yeah. ships that come and go. You could just leave. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know their financial situation, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I it don't just know seems their like financial situation. I don't. I don't know, but maybe it's like maybe you could have left. I don't. I don't know, but um, mistakes were made. Yeah. Um, so you know, he he recruits them and things like that, pissing off Stephen Root. You know, because he's like, okay, fine. Here you go. His his half of what the water is worth that you think it's worth. We're gonna give it to you, and then I'm gonna take this crew, and then everything like that. It's like. Hmm. You know, I, I get they're trying to. It's done almost in such a clunky way of the way they're trying to yeah. do. What he's building an organization, a crew um, yeah. of people, because to, to take on these threats that are eventually going to come from people that he's probably pissing off. It's almost like a video game type thing. Yeah, it really where you, does. Where you play like maybe Mass Effect, and it's like mm. okay, you're trying to get together. Oh, a crew. don't, don't, don't even degrade Mass Effect. <laughs> this is more like Saints Row. This is like early Saints Row. Yeah, like not even Saints Row Two, not even Saints Row Two, the great Saints Row Two. Mm. So yeah, maybe something like Saints Row. You're trying to maybe get your crew together, do something, and then um, hey, thank you for the uh, follow there, Jump Scare Guy Twenty Two. Thank you so much, man. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, much like yeah, he's trying to gather crew because very, very much he's trying to you know they're trying to build up people that's going to help him in the future to take on all these bigger threats that you know eventually is going to come. And it's not that exciting because you you know these threats are kind of going to come eventually yeah. of all the people that he's kind of maybe rubbing the wrong way as he's trying to do this thing um, and trying to the, the learning process goes. Um, and as uh, Javon Good, he's mentioned, um, never let Robert Rodriguez direct a chase scene. That chase was so slow. That chase was terrible. Uh, oh, yeah, it was god awful. Uh, that when they when they ride these because there's a scene where they go and try to meet with the mayor and then the mayor's assistant again, it feels like a lot of this episode it it's just it's, it feels like we're on repeat because it's a lot of the same beats of 
Okay, he goes to talk to the mayor again. Then he goes to, you know, he gets, you know, he sits on his throne and then has other people come and talk to him. It's like, okay, what's the issue today? And then people talk to him about the issue and then he tries to fix the issue that people talk to him about when he's sitting on the throne. It's like, it just feels like such a repeat of what we've already seen. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I've been talking a lot about the show. Go ahead, man. Yeah, uh, this, okay, so when I was watching this episode, it made me realize why I haven't really gotten into this. And I think it's, I think what a lot of people have brought up before is this doesn't feel like Boba Fett, and I think I understand now why. This feels like a show that was written for a completely different character, a completely new character, but that character did not have enough clout to take over in that absence, so they got Boba Fett to take over because they knew that character wouldn't have enough to get this show off the ground. Because a lot of moves that Boba Fett makes in this, they've had to do a lot of retconning to do, so he doesn't do what Boba Fett does. The whole situation with those those kids, the, those I call them kids because mm. they're basically teenagers. Um, they don't look poor. They wear really fashionable new clothes, and he just shows up and he goes, "Hey, you owe him money. Pay it." No, we don't feel like it. Oh, Boba Fett would have shot one of them, just instantly. All right, shot one of them. Let's try that again. You owe them money. Now you have one less person. I suggest you pay it. I'm the Dymo. You hand that over now. You handle it. If otherwise, I'm going to take you, capture you all, and I'm going to put you in the mines to pay it off. Mm. And you're like, he wouldn't have, he took no crap, and he would have done some stuff like that. Or he would have let them handle it however they want to handle it. And say his bygones be bygones. But it feels like this character, it's almost like his uh, his uh, his partner, um, played by uh, the actress who played, who voiced Mulan. Uh, and, Ming-Na uh, Wen. Ming Nung Wing, also uh, also Melinda May and Shield Agents of Shield, one of the best characters on Agents of Shield. Yep. Uh, honestly, I almost would have been all right. Fine, this is your show. You seem to have a better beat on what's going on here. I, why don't you take it over? Because this doesn't <laughs> Boba Fett doesn't feel Boba Fett, and she might as well just take it over because she has the better analysis of things. He's like, I have to send a message. Nah, they'll just come to you. What happens? Oh, they come to you. <laughs> like everything she's everything she says is like to counter him when he makes a suggestion it feels like the wharf problem from star trek and i'm not even a big star trek fan but i know i know people who are and how do you show a character is big and strong well we'll have him beat up wharf and that's so you know wharf was a as a powerful klingon so that means you got to take him seriously but then wharf gets beaten up like every three every once every three episodes mm. so really by unfortunate happenstance, because you do it so often, that also makes Worf seem like a weak character, because he gets beaten up so often. Mm. This feels like that. It feels like a character that was meant to be something else, and then the Mandalorian was successful, and they're like, oh, well, we really don't have a big idea for Boba Fett, so we're just going to shoehorn Boba Fett into this character, and kind of meld them into two. Mm. And we'll throw in some characters from legacy characters from the eu and make people kind of sort of happy with that yeah and a, le a legacy character they kind of bring in from kind of the eu is the wookie yeah. character uh what's this the wookie's name again uh blanking on the wookie. something mm. something something uh, i've got the uh wookie's character Chris, i know it's like crescent 
Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Oh, yeah, it's a Chrysanthemum. Yeah. Uh, Chrysanthemum is the Wookiee's name. Um, and I was excited when I saw that, not because I know the character from the EU, but I'm right. like, oh, man. I'm like, oh, I bet you there's going to be a good fight scene later on that's going to oh. happen in the series between him and, and, and Boba Fett. And then he nope. comes the very next episode. In this episode, yep. he, he's coming into Boba Fett's place. First of all, I don't even know how he snuck in there. It's a giant, yeah. it's a huge Wookiee that's the size of, you know, bigger, it's the size of a fucking mm-hmm. gorilla. And then I'm right. like, how this gorilla-ass Wookiee is going to walk in this place um, and then, you know, attack him, you know, Boba Fett, while he's in his bath to tank. Um, strangle him, and the whole thing, mm-hmm. he could just kill him right there. He's got him yeah. right there. He, can he just... had four different times where he could have easily just killed him. Also, if you didn't notice, before, when he was before he had the flashback about what happened to the sand people, you noticed that there was a force shield around his tank that was suspiciously not on when the Wookiee was able to open it. Ah. Uh, who, tur- who turned off the force shield? Yeah. That's the, the whole point, was to protect him while he's in that. Mm. Why wouldn't that still be on? Maybe somebody's well, on the. I didn't, I didn't see a console near there. Maybe somebody Turn betrayed him. Maybe somebody's double agent. Maybe. Come situation. on, they're not clever enough. <laughs> they're not clever enough to bring that up. That's just something they don't want you to think about. Mm, maybe, or maybe he shut it off. I don't know. Maybe the Wookiee knew how to shut it off. I don't know. Okay, um, his big paws be like. Ur, ur, ur. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just it's like he he has a chance to kill him right there, but then he takes him out of the bath of tank and then throws him. Then he ch- chokes him again. Then he throws him again. I'm like, bro, a Wookiee is incredibly strong. Yeah. Take arms, rip off. Done. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, he. there's so many chances the Wookiee could do to just kill him right here, but he doesn't. So it's like, he, he doesn't have any equipment, no weapons, no anything. But don't worry, the Wookiee will just throw him to the weapons. Don't worry, he'll just do that so he has a chance to fight back. Yeah, how um, stupid. And then there's so many times where he hits him, the you know, Chrysanthemum hits him. It's like again, a Wookiee's very, very strong. And yeah. he gets smacked around. It's like he would have a, a a broken jaw or broken, you know, something, you know, arm, leg, something the yeah, way he get back in that tank. Yeah, I mean it's just the way he's doing them, but no, it's just like he hits him and then he smacks him around. It's nothing too big of a deal. Takes him, you know, even tries to bear hug him. And then you hear, you know, kind of bones breaking, I guess, but nothing, uh, you know. And it's just kind of like, yeah. And then the they, the the people that he spared and and helped out, you know, the the young, uh, cyberpunk cyberpunk twenty seventy seven kids, they they run in oh, yeah. and 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 help them and everything like that. It's just like okay, um, and and it's just like uh, it, it it wasn't that good of a fight scene. I I don't think it wasn't no. that strong. It wasn't what I was expecting maybe from this character of this Kersan who's been portrayed. It's like when he shows up, it's like ooh shit, this. Is, this is badass. Um, this is gonna be a badass uh, character. This should have been a dare- this should have been like a daredevil fight to the death scene. Mm. This should have been like a oh I barely come aware and then he fights his way in, beats the crap out of everybody, and now it's just him, Boba Fett, and Boba Fett has to use his means. He has to use all his training and to just barely get this guy into to knock him out and mm. capture him, and then they just put him in the pit. Yeah, like that would have been like a really fun fight really intense fight and he had to use his wits because he doesn't have his armor on and he only has some weapons mm. that would actually make his whole training with the sand people maybe somewhat but he didn't even use any he just used a club no. yeah it's gonna stop a wookie totally <laughs> i would definitely not reach for that uh for that rocket on my jet pack mm. and just aim it at the wookie that he threw me towards thanks you probably don't want to shoot the rocket though in that close of space oh uh, who gives a shit at that point <laughs> 
Uh, you know what I mean? And my life's in the line at that point. I'm not going to finagle with like a little bracelet thing as I get it on. I'm just going to point the thing and shoot. He's <laughs> three feet in front of me. At that point, the thing's just going to... I'll probably barely make it out. He won't. At least I'll be I'll be put in the tank. Hmm. Yeah. He'll just be in pieces and then, okay, you'll make it just knocked back and then just yeah. put, put back in the tank. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, when they how they capture him is just he stands in the spot for where they can push the button and he can go in the Rancor pit um, and things like that. And the, the whole resolution of that is just they... Oh, yeah. I mean, they just kind of just let him go. I mean, like, okay. I mean, and he's they, like, hey man, hey, man, I know what it's like to work for crappy people. And I love even, even Chris Anthon looks at him as the way that I was looking at him. Like the, what the F? Yeah. Like, you're just going to let me go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even he was in disbelief. But it's just building up to him coming back and maybe him being a part of the team squad. He's going to fight with Boba Fett or something. Oh my god, please don't. That's so stupid. Um, Yeah. Um, Something I like, though, I did like the Rancor stuff. Like, Danny Trejo is the Rancor. Oh yeah, Uncle Danny showing up. I was like, oh man, is that Uncle Danny? And it was. Yeah, everything so I, about the Rancor stuff was fine. Yeah, I thought that it it does kind of it adds more stuff. Like, just what they did with the Tuscan Raiders, it adds more mythology to you know these different characters in Star Wars. Something that obviously when George Lucas was making this all the way back in 1977, it's like you know just like with Boba Fett, it's just like you know I made Boba Fett because he was cool. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, he's this cool bounty hunter character, whatever. Then all of a sudden people took that. They loved the character. Then they, you know, then tons of people added more onto it and, you know, more characterization, more, you know, background, everything like this. And they did tons of stuff with the character. Um, so with this, you know, with, with the Brancor stuff, it's like, no, this, you know, this is actually a very emotionally intelligent creature and, you know what I mean? And you got to treat him right and, and, and he'll, you know, he'll, uh, you know, kind of like a dog and he'll kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of base his personality and off of you and everything like that. And, um, so I thought that was pretty nice. I thought that was kind of cool Ringo stuff. And if it's building up towards him potentially, you know, fucking up shit with a Rancor and him riding it. Okay, I'd be up for that. That'd be that yeah, sounds kind of all for it. That sounds kind of something, badass. anything. Mm, yeah, uh, Javon Good said that uh, he the Wookiee was cracking his back uh, like Spider Man in No Way Home. Um, it was very Kingpin, uh, Kingpin esque. I would say more. Yeah. It was very like when Kingpin takes. If you ever seen like Kingpin take Spider Man and just squeeze him or something like mm. that, um, it was very felt very much like that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. I just, man, I, I just don't know what you're doing with this series. I, 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 I just don't know what you're doing, man. I, I where is it going? Um, I'm just kind of confused on that on that element. And I think you know, hearing about the concept of the show, the whole crime lord stuff, Boba Fett, I thought was cool. I was like, okay, all right, I'm I'm prepared for this. And then Ming Nan Wen, I'm always excited to see more Ming Nan Wen um you know in anything and um again she's i think one of the best things in there in here um even more so than boba fett because like you said she really seems like she she knows what to do here you know what i mean and she does like all about this crime life and it's like okay listen you need to be kind of ruthless and you need to dominate kind of with an iron fist here in order for to kind of get the respect and 
maybe it's going to be a situation where maybe he's going to see maybe her side of things more because there was after the attack he experienced from Chrysanthemum, he was like, okay, I need to strike back. I need to fight back. Um, you know, and they need to show people. Um, but, you know, the whole stuff, it's like, I just don't see really, a, like, what's stopping these major forces from just taking them out? You know what I mean? He leaves all the time. Like, they all yeah. go together to go and yeah. do stuff. They, they, they don't, yeah. I'm like, you don't leave. One anybody. ambush and the whole empire's over. Yeah. One yeah. ambush. Yeah. It's just it's like, you know, it's like, it seems like you could just, you can handle this situation pretty, yeah. pretty, if you're that yeah, bothered like, by it. Again, I would actually be totally cool with a show that showed the anarchy that happened after Hut's absence. Mm. Like, I would love to have seen a show and a brand new character. And then uh, I would have loved to have seen all that happens and then all that abs- the, the, all the absence and they had to go through all these different like wars and this new character we're following that character's journey and they spent time and so you learn get to tattooing from this character and all this cool thing and then she like uh, other characters join in on them and he's slowly building a crew to turn tattooing into a better place and then you can have a cool little stinger at the very end of that series where it's like oh man and then all of a sudden a hand punches out of the ground and a, sh- a shuttle comes near it and pulls out the hand and it's Boba Fett being pulled out by one of his bounty hunter buddies and you're like, oh man, he might show up in season two. That might be some cool stuff. Mm. As they're trying to think of a build, that would have been cool. But mm. this, you're like, yeah, like, will you have like a mass hysteria? You could, in a vacuum, a power vacuum going on. That's more interesting. They talk up all these different characters. I'm like, oh, I recognize that name for this thing. I don't, I don't know that, but I would sure like to know a little bit more about this. And you're just not. You're just being told things that you're supposed to know or characters know. And mm. come on, man. Sh- show, don't tell. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What's uh, this stop him from throwing in a thermomanic bomb into his base? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just throw a thermal grenade. Bam. All right. Attack. Dead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah, what is, again, yeah, what, what's, what's stopping any of these people from just. Field over his base. Hmm. Do the Iron Wall, does it, like, create a shield in which that would be a, a fairly impenetrable, and that's why I took the location of the Hut's location, is because they got in when it was down because of what Luke and Leia and the team did. Hmm. That would be kind of interesting, because it's like, oh, man, then it stopped the Raiders, and we're going to pick this as our stronghold. But that has its own set of problems, because, you know, there's uh, the Huts. They want what's theirs, but then there's other Huts that are like, Nah, we just want to go back to our planet. We we, we had way better there. This is just a stupid rock. Hmm. And that creates tension within the huts. Because they, they, you know, again, that would have actually become almost like a tiny Game of Thrones, but only on Tantooine. That'd be at least kind of interesting. Like if you saw all the different perspectives from all these other different people. And then got, like, them talking about, like, oh, how are we going to do it? Like... Something like some, some Sopranos type stuff. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Sopranos, you know. but in the desert. It's mixed with like a spaghetti western feel. Yeah. Because it's kind of outlawish. Mm. Yeah. And then people pick sides, and then it's like, okay, this territory, and then it's like, how are they going to battle? And then, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Um, mm. I, I'm going to keep up with it, still review the episodes. Um, four more episodes left. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not so strong for me right now. Um, not feeling that, that good about it. Uh, what about you, man? 
I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, as I said before, I would have waited till the entire thing was done before I commented, but I'll do episode by episode, but I, at this rate, I think even when it's finished, I'm still gonna, it's still not gonna add up to anything substantial. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna give a, uh, keep up the episodes and then give our final thoughts on it um, mm-hmm. when the series wraps, of course. Um, all right, we're going to be heading out. Uh, Dusk, hey, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got planned uh, this weekend? Ooh, uh, this weekend I got to work. Oh, got to work this weekend. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Um, I'll probably do like a video game stream tomorrow since nice. Nick, Nick is not Nick is on vacation. Um, so, uh, you know, Nick is, is doing that. So I might do like a little video game stream tomorrow. Some nice. Day. Yeah, play, do something like that. Uh, maybe do some Fallen Order. Play some Star Wars. Ooh. Play some Fallen. Yeah, Wars. do something new. Yeah, do something like that. Um, all right. Um, also, next week. Uh, do you know what comes out next week at all? Uh, I can't. Th- I can't no. think of what comes out next week because I know this month was big because it was Scream and then Morbius, but then Morbius got pushed back. Right. Um, so I don't know what comes out next week. I have to see. Uh, but yeah, well, I'll see if it's uh, good enough to review. Uh, but uh, the tragedy of Macbeth um, that just dropped on Apple Plus, so oh, um, I'll be reviewing that uh, probably next week. I've always I always wanted to check that out, um, you know, in the theaters, but I didn't get a chance to. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's on Apple Plus now, so I'll I'll check that out. And I think Red Rocket, that movie with Simon Rex, I heard a lot mm-hmm. of great things about that movie, and I think that's also dropping on VOD pretty hmm. soon if not it's already on vod if i'm not mistaken so if that is i think on it VOD, is all right i think it's on vod right now yeah so i'm gonna check that out um as well and probably do that review uh next week so tragedy of Macbeth and then simon rex if there's nothing else real major um also uh dexter new blood um we were supposed to do yeah. that this saturday but then of mm-hmm. course nick uh, he did the vacation thing so we'll do that next saturday we'll do dexter new blood where we okay. review the new series uh that dropped for dexter um so we we reviewed the pilot you can watch that now on youtube where we talked about the pilot um and we're going to be doing the whole series and give our thoughts on that um yeah so i'm, I'm eager to check back into it because i haven't seen it since the pilot not because i didn't like the pilot but just because busy watching a lot of other stuff oh yeah and, sure and, and things like that so sometimes it gets busy um you finished the witcher right you finished all the witcher right yeah i finished it up <laughs> uh yeah uh what'd you think about season two i, I was just like yeah this isn't my thing it, it didn't do too well unfortunately mm. okay all right um sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean we we talked about it from when we talked about it initially but it was one of those things where the long cup going on i'm like yeah i don't I'm still a little confused on exactly what you're trying to do. You've deviated really far from the books now and even the video games at this point. Hmm. I don't even know where you're kind of going with this on now. And you're talking about the elves and these different characters. And and I I just want to hang out with Geralt. <laughs> I really don't care about all this crap. Mm. Just want to see him slay some monsters. And yeah, stuff. man. Come on. That's what I play the video games for. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to maybe... Uh, I, got, I think I got to start over. I got to watch season one again and, and start. Again. <laughs> I, I got to start over again. Um, I mean, good luck, brother. If you find out more things about it, you let me know. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to be heading out of here. Um, so, hey, people, you can always check us out on all the various social medias, right? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the afternoon tune. 
Um, you can also check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv, of course. We're streaming right here. Twitch.tv slash The Afternoon Tune every Friday, Saturday, typically 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, you can also check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com and type in The Afternoon Tune. We'll be right there for you people. Um, yeah, if you want to send us an email, we're at theafternoontune at gmail.com. Um, also, uh, we're also wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, hey, leave a decent review if you can. Five stars. That helps boost up the podcast a lot. Um, that does a lot for us. Um, also, um, yeah, um, hope you enjoy. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, do all that great stuff on all our various platforms. We're trying to do a resolution this year, do 1K on all the platforms. That's my resolution uh, this year. Um, so we're going to be finding somebody to rate. I'm going to do Vanish Fears. Um, he popped by, so I'm going to do a rate of him. Uh, but to all you people out there, um, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're watching the show. And don't forget to always stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. So I'm going to rate somebody real quick. Vanish Fears. I'm going to rate him real quick. And then we're going to be heading out. Um, Sounds good, man. Yeah. Um, probably, uh, tonight I'm probably going to maybe watch... Scream three probably tonight. I haven't seen Scream three in a while, so I'll probably watch that tonight. Um, yeah, just cause I'm, yeah, just kind of bored tonight. Um, things like that. So, yeah, and I can't wait to talk to you about some of those spoilers there. Um, oh yeah, words. Okay, so we're gonna be heading out here. So, uh, Vanish Fears V A N I S P H E R E S. People check them out. Follow them. Uh, good, very, very good streamer. Joy's work. So, head out, people. Peace. All right.